Across America, BP supports more than 275,000 jobs to keep energy flowing. Jobs like updating turbines at one of our Indiana wind farms and producing more oil and gas with fewer operational emissions in the Gulf of Mexico. It's and, not or. See what doing both means for energy nationwide at bp.com slash investing in America. Pulling up to Mickey D's just for drinks? Oh yeah, that's me. Nothing extra, just perfection and a straw. Coming in hot for the coldest cups on the block. Because there are drinks. Then there are drinks from McDonald's. Mix things up with any size lemonade or sweet tea for $1.49. Perfect with our classic fries. Price and participation may vary. Cannot be combined with any other offer. Ba-da-ba-ba-ba. SportsGrid.com. Betting insights and entertainment at your fingertips 24-7 as our team covers the most important topics in sports wagering. Real-time odds, predictive betting models, expert picks, and more. Want the edge? Then get on the grid. SportsGrid.com. Good morning. Welcome to Fantasy Sports Today here on Sports Grid. Craig Mish, Davis Manick in the house, back with you here as we get closer and closer to opening day in Major League Baseball. We had a great weekend. For those of you who watched our incredible coverage, play-by-play, exciting finishes, no doubt. The NCAA tournament did turn out to be pretty wild this weekend. A lot of major upsets. Sometimes we don't get those. Last couple of years we have. We really did this weekend, Davis. So great to be back with you here on the show. I had a few, uh, you know, a couple of FST shows off last week because my uh, you know, my other show here, of course, on the network, Newswire, was preempted. So was able to get back out to the ballpark. Did go to the World Baseball Classic. I'll talk about that quite a bit here on the show as well. Great to be back with you here on this Monday. What's going on? Yeah, uh, happy to be here. I mean, one thing that I did sort of pick up on in, in the ether was that people were, were saying, you know, this tournament is really uniquely predisposed to upsets because there's not really a dominant team in college basketball. Generally speaking, when the number one team, number one seed is a non-Power 5 team, as it was with Houston this year, that, that sort of means the Blue Bloods are having a hard time. I mean, North Carolina didn't even make it. Duke wasn't really that good. Kind of a, a middling year for Kansas. They didn't have their coach. And it's completely delivered, right? I mean, we got we got it. No, people love a 116 upset. It's like everyone absolutely eats it up. And that 16 seed uh, played a pretty good game last night as well, which I thought was pretty interesting. Yeah, definitely so. But as I've said before, and I said on, on my Newswire show, how, how is it possible that uh, that FAU, Florida Atlantic, after the unbelievable season that they had, 31 wins during the regular season, just totally dismissed going into the tournament. And guess what? FAU headed to the Sweet 16, probably the best call of my bracket thus far. Boy, I was fighting, maybe thinking of, of picking them to go to the Elite Eight, but I did not do that. Anyway, let's get to our... <laughs> I did dig Tennessee there. So we'll see. I got that matchup actually, Tennessee and, and uh, FAU. All right, let's get to our uh, headlines here on the show. Anthony Edwards, by the way, tonight, questionable uh, against the New York Knicks. That's our top basketball headline. Boy, USA last night just took it to Cuba. Boy, Trey Turner is having the week of his life in Miami for Team USA. Uh, number 15 seed, uh, Princeton Tigers, they're in the Sweet 16 as well. As Davis mentioned, the number one team, Purdue, went down. But we've got some major upsets. Arizona went down, number two seed as well. And uh, Jose Altuve, this happened in the WBC. He's going to miss two months after being hit by Daniel Bard in the WBC. Uh, but, Davis, there's a lot of talk about this tournament. It's been fun. Yeah, it has been really fun. Um, I mean, I, I definitely land on the side of being pro WBC. I mean, I just uh, – like, it I would be – sort of hypocritical of me. I was talking about this with George on Friday. I love the World Cup, obviously enjoy the, uh, the European championships and soccer, all that stuff. So I think it would be kind of obnoxious to be like, oh yeah, I love the World Cup, but the, the WBC, I mean, what, uh, you know, what a, a, an interruption to spring training or whatever. And I mean, I guess, Craig, the only reason why baseball is not as big internationally, because it is a very international sport, you know, it's got a huge presence in South America, Central America, particularly not like, you know, football where it's really just mm -hmm. here in the United States. It's because it, I, I guess it really does just come down to you can't have it in the off season 
because right. the pitchers would not would not show up, no right? Chance. Like in soccer and basketball, you can just go, right? The, the Olympics, Kevin Durant, LeBron, if they want to go to stay in shape, you know, practice whatever, they can just go. But you can't have you can't have the World Baseball Classic in December in in somewhere where the weather would allow it because either the pitchers would get hurt or they just straight up wouldn't wouldn't go. Yeah, and, and and I think that in the end, and, and I went Saturday night. It was one of the best games I've ever been to, you know, legitimately ever been to, in my life. Watching Team USA, uh, you know, take on Venezuela, just an incredible back and forth game, an incredible atmosphere. But Davis, I I think in the end, the way that we we sort of judge this new world of media and this new world of just sports in general is that to me something ends up being good when there is debate. Something ends up being good when everyone is talking about it. That's kind of how you know that something is working. Like, no one's talking about the XFL. You know, no one's talking about the Valspar Championship. Like, you know, Davis, that there's got to be a lot of people talking about this because of all of the discussion. And for me personally, I, I think this has been one of the best baseball events in general. And you know, trying to figure out a better way to get some better pitching in there, Davis, yes. I, I think that that's, that's probably in four years what they're going to try and do. But can you blame the World Baseball Classic for not ensuring Clayton Kershaw to be able to pitch in this thing? Because Davis, you know, the World Baseball Classic is now, uh, you know, the Mets are not going to have to pay Edwin Diaz this season. The World Baseball Classic is going to pay the Mets to pay Edwin Diaz this season. And Jose Altuve's salary will be prorated as well. There's only so much money that they're making in this two-week time period or three-week time period. So... I don't know how they change it, but I guess that will be the main thing coming up. And it's obviously no disrespect to Adam Wainwright or Miles Michaelis or Merrill Kelly, but I think we and Brady Singer, but I think we would agree that that's sort of where uh, you know the one thing that can be improved in four years. But I, I think it's been great. Yeah, it has been great. Um, that's sort of interesting. I mean, I guess really the big thing at the end is this event cannot happen without cooperation between Major League Baseball and the World Baseball Classic. So the World Baseball Classic, just to continue to exist, uh, I would imagine like they're, they're going to do whatever they can from a business side, from a money side, to keep Major League Baseball you know, allowing it to happen. Yeah, and, and the manager of, of, of Team USA, Mark DeRosa, before the game yesterday said that he has serious restrictions on every player. Can't bring in a guy two days in a row. Some pitchers can't come in with runners on base. The team's basically told him on the phone, Davis, can't bring you cannot bring my guy in with runners on base. So a lot of restrictions in this, but it's been a blast. We'll talk some NFL free agents next. SportsGrid.com. Betting insights and entertainment at your fingertips 24-7 as our team covers the most important topics in sports wagering. Real-time odds, predictive betting models, expert picks, and more. Want the edge? Then get on the grid. SportsGrid.com. Across America, BP supports more than 275,000 jobs to keep energy flowing. Jobs like updating turbines at one of our Indiana wind farms. And producing more oil and gas with fewer operational emissions in the Gulf of Mexico. It's and, not or. See what doing both means for energy nationwide at bp.com slash investing in America. Reese's peanut butter cups are the greatest, but let me play devil's advocate here. Let's see. So, no, that's a good thing. Uh, (laughs) That's definitely not a problem. Uh, Reese's, you did it. You stumped this charming devil. Pulling up to Mickey D's just for drinks? Oh yeah, that's me. Nothing extra, just perfection and a straw. Coming in hot for the coldest cups on the block. Because there are drinks. Then there are drinks from McDonald's. Mix things up with any size lemonade or sweet tea for $1.49. Perfect with our classic fries. Price and participation may vary. Cannot be combined with any other offer. Ba-da-ba-ba-ba. Welcome back to Fantasy Sports. Today we're going to preview the San Francisco Giants from a fantasy perspective as our team previews continue here on the show in about 15 minutes. But first... Uh, you know, this weekend, interesting with all the news going on, Davis, uh, you know, with the NCAA tournament obviously taking, you know, top billing and then the World Baseball Classic, at least for me, right after that. But we had like this little flurry over the weekend of free agent signings, very specifically, not the top guys who are left off the board, 
But from a fantasy perspective, I think three players that all will be drafted in, in fantasy football this season. So we thought we would dive a little bit deeper into it. And let's start off with the one that, and, and I guess you'll have to tell me, is that everyone thinks that Houston got nothing for Brandon Cooks from the Dallas Cowboys. Now, if that is the case, you'll tell me, I don't know, at this stage of Cooks's career and what his salary is and sort of what he brings to the table, he was very good again when he played with Houston uh, last season. He's been a very good wide receiver for them. But in terms of the trade, was it required to give up more for a player like this for Brandon Cook? Because if so, couldn't – I mean, I, I hate when I see this stuff, Davis, because I want to say to myself, well, I mean, if, if 29 other teams would have wanted this guy, he probably could have got more from him, but they didn't, and this is all they could get, right? Yeah, I mean, in the NFL, you trade for contracts, not players. So if you, if you could just trade for DeAndre Hopkins right now, he'd be worth a first-round pick, right? Because right. DeAndre, the, the, the wide receiver class isn't that good. The free agent class for wide receivers is like the worst we've ever seen. But DeAndre Hopkins has a huge contract. You're going to have to eat a bunch of it. The NFL CBA is also sort of intricate in how it distributes dead cap that you can't do anything with. I, I mean... I wish that the next time the NFL sat down to renegotiate their collective bargaining agreement, they'd do away with all of it so we'd see more trades so teams would have to trade away first-round picks and things like that. But, yeah, I mean, basically, Brennan Cooks is just being paid way more money right. than he's yeah. worth. Um, and he did renegotiate his contract with the Dallas Cowboys to save them some money, so they're paying him $12 million instead of $20 million, which is uh, what he was making uh, my my first instinct was, I mean, Cooks is going to be fine right now uh, in drafts that people are doing because they're absolutely sick. He's going very late, you know, not even a top 100 pick right now. Obviously, I think he will end up there. But my first takeaway, Craig, was why it's just the the letting Amari Cooper go to the Cleveland Browns last year. Just a really disastrous decision by the Dallas Cowboys front office. Like just really no excuse for trading him for a fifth round pick. Yeah, and essentially they're just replacing uh, Cooper with Cooks. Cooper, better player for sure, no doubt. All right, now uh, next player I have in my dynasty league, and so when you know when I saw this come across, I was like, oh no, like this is this was not what I wanted to see. No disrespect to Adam Thielen, who's been fantastic for a long time, but he was in great situations, Davis, in Minnesota for sure. He enters a situation that currently has no quarterback with the Carolina Panthers, and he you know, by his standards, had a very down year last year. I mean, it went from Justin Jefferson and him were kind of close two years ago to like, wow, that pendulum has just completely swung. And what Thielen is going to do in Carolina, Davis, is going to help a lot to whatever the quarterback is there. Obviously, DJ Moore has gone too. So, I mean, he's going to be a huge help. But fantasy help, I don't know. I, I feel like this was... If there was a bottom five destination, this has to be one of them to me for Thielen. So, you know, hopefully he ends up with a with a good quarterback. But naturally, any rookie quarterback at the beginning of their season is usually not very good. And our fantasy season <laughs> doesn't go 17, 18 weeks. So, oh, this, this, this kind of was a, a gut punch a little bit for me. So I, I'm going to probably have to cut him. Yeah, I mean, the, the thing is, is Adam Thielen is going to be entering into his age 33 season he can't really beat man coverage at all anymore. He was uh, last season, he was dead last of all eligible wide receivers who ran enough routes in success rate versus man coverage. So you're not really anticipating him getting open on the outside anymore. He's going to have to be a strict slot wide receiver. They don't really have anything else. I mean, maybe that's even the bigger problem is that Thielen, maybe even at age 33, he could still be a complimentary wide receiver, which is Sort of why I'm surprised he signed with the Panthers and didn't go, you know, I, I thought his agent would be reaching out to the Bills, to the Chiefs, to the Bengals, you know, just to, to other teams that could use him, you know, play him half the snaps, not ask him to run block or anything like that. But it seems that he was able to secure a pretty lucrative deal and a guaranteed oh, yeah. deal from the Carolina Panthers. So good for him. I, I would say if it's Stroud, maybe, right? Because Stroud is so accurate, was such a good thrower at Ohio State. But if it's Anthony Richardson that the Carolina Panthers are, are trading up for, I'm undraftable. Just will, I mean, 600 yards and four touchdowns is about as, yeah. about as good as you could hope for from Thielen because Richardson is just not going to be a good thrower his first season, I don't think. Yeah, I don't think he's going to play. I think it would be somebody else starting in Carolina, at least the first, you know, for, for the fantasy football regular season. And then, yes, Richardson at some point will play. But, yeah, like, yeah, so 
All right. So uh, now this one, I, I, I am a little bit more optimistic on this. I know you don't like Mac Jones. I don't love Mac Jones either. But Mike Gusecki arguably was in a horrendous situation last year in Miami where Mike McDaniel just basically said, but Mike McDaniel has to have a blocking tight end. New England now shifting away from Jonu Smith. I mean, I think Gusecki could be, I, mean, look, I don't think the Patriots are going to be good. And I don't think that, that Mac Jones is going to be great, but we're just talking about fantasy. We're just talking about weapons here. If Mac Jones decides that Gusecki is a serious weapon and they don't have a ton in terms of pass catchers, maybe there's a bump for him next season. And and by the way, red zone targets, this guy, uh, you know, had his fair share in Miami for sure. No, I am. I'm a hundred percent with you. I've sort of always thought there was more to Mike Gesicki than the Dolphins were willing to do for him. And it was so weird. You know, the Dolphins basically draft him and then immediately go through a coaching change, immediately go through front office change. The guy who drafted him wasn't there. The coach who drafted him wasn't there. And that I mean, it's just really bizarre. Like he and he, you're right. He has been a good touchdown producer, but he's maxed out at 780 yards. I I actually could see this being the best year of Gasicki's career, honestly, because the Patriots uh, they're like the slowest, least dynamic offense in the NFL. Gasicki is you know 99th percentile athleticism, so big, so fast, and and we know Belichick does like to use that two tight end stuff and. Honestly, with the Patriots, I mean, just having an offensive coordinator, they didn't even have an offensive coordinator last year. You got to figure it's going to rebound a little bit for New England. Yeah, I kind of like this one. This is is one of those where if you told me at the end of the season, does he finish as a tight end one? I mean, that doesn't require much in fantasy anymore. So maybe there is room for that for Gusecki this year. Now, on the flip side, you know, John New Smith's time in New England is done. He now goes to... Atlanta and obviously they have another tight end there and Kyle Pitts who sort of plays like a wide receiver too but he joins the Falcons Davis to me this just I don't know to me this looks like a zero this this looks like Johnny Smith's playing one year in Atlanta and then fighting for a roster the following year at least that's sort of the way I see it I see this as a non-fantasy factor yeah I think you're I think you're probably right I mean obviously I I would imagine the Falcons hope is that Janu can be a and I can't even believe I'm saying these words a more dynamic version of like Michael Pruitt and Lee Smith these other complimentary run blocking tight ends they've had so that Kyle Pitts never has to block and he can basically just be a wide receiver now Janu was bad at those things in New England he was not a particularly good run blocker they tried to use him that way and basically gave up on it but he is big, he is strong, he is fat. Like he's all, he had nine touchdowns his final season in Tennessee. Like he is a really athletic guy. Maybe Arthur Smith is able to get something out of him, but I, I can't, can't really see a scenario where I'm like, yeah, I'm really excited to start John U. Smith in week five with Desmond Ritter or Taylor Heineke throwing to him. Right. Uh, one thing also happened uh, when I was out, I'm sure you guys talked about it. You know, George was there too. So Ezekiel Elliott, you know, gone from Dallas. I'm sure you guys discussed this. Um, there, I saw some talk that maybe he does return to Dallas in some way. Is that was that crazy talk or no? I think there's like a there's like a league rule preventing you from cutting a guy and then re-signing him to a veteran Ooh. minimum. But if, if that was allowed, honestly, if that was allowed, I bet Jerry would do it for real. Yeah, well, we'll see where he ends up. Maybe we'll have some more free agent news. But coming up next, a very tough team for fantasy baseball. It is the San Francisco Giants since Gabe Kapler has come over there. They've played very well, but there's a lot of platooning. You want to be on the right side of that. We'll tell you who to take next. SportsGrid.com. Betting insights and entertainment at your fingertips 24-7 as our team covers the most important topics in sports wagering. Real-time odds, predictive betting models, expert picks, and more. Want the edge? Then get on the grid. SportsGrid.com. Across America, BP supports more than 275,000 jobs to keep energy flowing. Jobs like building grid-scale solar energy in Ohio and producing gas with fewer operational emissions in Texas. It's and, not or. See what doing both means for energy nationwide at bp.com slash investing in America. Reese's peanut butter cups are the greatest, but let me play devil's advocate here. Let's see. So, no, that's a good thing. Uh, (laughs) That's definitely not a problem. Uh, 
Reese, you did it. You stumped this charming devil. Pulling up to Mickey D's just for drinks? Oh, yeah, that's me. Nothing extra, just perfection and a straw. Coming in hot for the coldest cups on the block. Because there are drinks. Then there are drinks from McDonald's. Mix things up with any size lemonade or sweet tea for $1.49. Perfect with our classic fries. Price and participation may vary. Cannot be combined with any other offer. Ba-da-ba-ba-ba. Welcome back to Fantasy Sports today here on Sports Street. A couple of years ago, David, the San Francisco Giants were the talk of baseball winning 100 games. They took a pretty big step back last year and decided, not good enough. Let's go out and get Aaron Judge. And they fell short on that. And then they signed Carlos Correa. And we know what happened there in terms of all the injury stuff. He ended up not signing with them and signing with the Mets. Oh, I'm sorry. Not, and then, you know, the Mets, the Giants. I mean, who knows? He ended up with the Twins. I, I think in the end, when you look at the Giants, their offseason was a disappointment. But it's like they did the best they could. They allocated some of that money toward Michael Conforto. He's looked really good in the spring, so who knows? Maybe there's a bounce back there. But inevitably, the way the Giants do it is two or three guys play every day, and then Gabe Kapler is just messing with that lineup pretty much on a day-to-day basis. And it's worked for them. They, that looks like they still were okay last year. They weren't bad. But this creates a fantasy nightmare, and it's difficult to really – play these guys if you set a lineup at the beginning of the week because you just don't know when they're going to play. Yeah, uh, so I would say of all the teams we have done so far, this is the only team, if you use the uh, the Zips composite projection, Craig, they do not have one guy, not one guy in their nine-man projected lineup projected for over 498 plate appearances and and Jock, Jock Pedersen leading that list with uh with 498 plate appearances i mean that's insane to not have one guy i mean there are some teams that are gonna have five guys get 550 plate appearances you know they are uh gonna rotate i mean and and they have uh the giants have done this for a long time they do their positional stuff very bizarrely like you know generally speaking the rule is okay you got uh you know big slugging first baseman and your middle infielders are are kind of you know slap hitters or whatever but they have the monte wade who is not a slugger and and part of it is their ballpark effects, you know, that like, which is, uh, you know, guys who have like 40 home run power or whatever, maybe they wouldn't even want to sign with the giants because it's harder to hit 40 home runs for that team. But yeah, you, you look up and down their lineup and you're like, who's going to hit home runs who like, where, where is my fantasy production coming from? And if you're not playing every single day, you're not going to get the runs and the RBIs needed. So it's just, it is a, a tough team on offense for fantasy baseball for sure. Yeah, for sure. Yeah, let, let, let's run through it. And obviously there's names not pictured here, which we'll get to as well, that are, that are going to be important, especially in the deeper leagues like the NFBC. So as Davis mentioned, Lamonte Wade, there was some talk that he wouldn't be back and leading off of them again this year, but here we are. Now, Tyro Estrada uh, had a really good year last year for the Giants. So that's somebody that everybody should be interested in. Jock Peterson, you know exactly who he is. Every time there's a right-handed pitcher there, he's going to smash him. If it's a lefty, he may not even play. That's just the, the deal with Jock. Uh, Conforto, probably the most upside of anyone here, but he didn't play all of last year. He's looked good, as I said, in the spring. Brandon Crawford thought he wasn't going to be at shortstop for the Giants, but he is back for another year. David Villar is a potential player for them, but remember, J.D. Davis is there, too, to platoon with him. So anytime there's a lefty pitching, Villar sits, J.D. Davis plays. Mike Estremski plays for the most part every day, took a step back from where he was two years ago. Boy, they need Joey Bart to be good. This is what they were hoping when they took him in the draft. And then uh, Blake Sable, who's basically not being drafted. Now remember, Mitch Hanniger is hurt. So that's another player that doesn't show up here on the list, Davis, that may end up missing a couple of weeks of the season or maybe longer. And also definitely want to mention here, that Mr. Reliable, he may only get 300 plate appearances, but those will be good plate appearances from Wilmer Flores. He's always very good when he plays, but he doesn't play every day. So that's sort of the dynamic when you're taking these these players that if you're playing in a 15-team league and at the beginning of the week you have to set the lineup, I just don't know how you can take a lot of these guys. Now, conversely, there's a ton of value to be had in DFS and also right. in leagues where you can just take guys in and out of the lineup every single day. That's, to me, the dynamic of what the Giants are. 
Yeah, you're 100% correct. I mean, uh, looking at the cost of these guys, Wade, not going to be a starter. Estrada, I mean, if he gets if he gets 15 home runs and 20 steals, obviously going to be a huge win at ADP. But where I'd like to start is actually the bottom of this lineup. I mean, Joey Bart looks like the most attractive San Francisco Giant at cost for me. Uh, he finally got, you know, roughly real playing time last year. 261 plate appearances. Now, the batting average was way worse than he projected as a prospect. We see that stuff happen all the time. He's only 25 years old, which, again, is is sort of funny for us, Craig, because if we just got done talking about NFL free agency, NFL 25, like, you're done. If, you, if you're not good by 25, it's not happening. And baseball, you're not even at your peak age yet. You know, peak age, 26, 27, 28. Bart looks like the guy I want the most because I think he should, if he plays well, I think he should get to, let's say, 400, 450 plate appearances. That seems pretty strong. And he had such a good prospect profile. I just think you can see lots of good outcomes for him, basically. Yeah. I, I mean, I like Hanniger at his cost, too. I think that right. you know, when, when you have an oblique injury or you have you know injury in spring training, depending on when it is, you can get guys at a discount. Now, somebody getting hurt, like Juan Soto, if indeed this is a legit injury with him, we don't know. As it was reported last night that he may have an oblique injury. I'm very concerned right now with opening day next week. But a guy who's been out already for a few weeks and, and may come back at some point in April, I'm not so concerned with that because I think people overreact right during draft season, which is uh, definitely right now. All right, let's 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 take a look at the pitching here. Good options, no question here. Logan Webb, who I have on a couple of my teams. I'm a big fan of Webb. I think he's really good. Very underrated in terms of what he does too. Very easily in SP2 in fantasy. Some people feel maybe SP1 this year. I, I, I thought last year he had a chance to win the Cy Young. Alex Cobb also has sort of resurrected himself a little bit to a top 300 player. Sean Manaya will be interesting in San Francisco, a very unpredictable guy when he's on the mound, either great or usually horrible. Ross Stripling signed with the Giants, wants to pitch and make 30 starts. That's what he says this year. And once upon a time, this was Davis's guy here, Alex Wood. His ADP is now at 400. And, and, and look, Wood is a five-inning pitcher and you know, not at the end of the line, but the Giants have a, a kid, Davis named Kyle Harrison, who they would love to replace Alex Wood and just make 20 starts. And I think eventually and that may, that may actually happen out of spring training. I don't know, but Harrison is going to be one of the prospect pitching prospects to watch this season. Yeah. I mean, to be honest, all of these guys look pretty good to me. Maybe not Webb, 116 overall for a guy who does not project for more strikeouts than innings pitched. I, I probably in general, leave that guy to someone else who values the ratios a little bit more than I do. But Cobb, I mean, Cobb is, I guess I guess he's probably a little bit more volatile than we're used to San Francisco Giants starting pitchers having been. He was extremely good in 149 innings pitch last year. One of the issues with him, obviously, has been health. He is uh, last season was the first time he got over 93 innings pitched since 2018. Turned in the 3.7 ERA. Really good results there. But I think I honestly I think what his ADP is telling you is the market is not really buying it. I would love to gamble on Manaya. I think you're getting a really good cost on him here. If Manaya was a top 200 starting pitcher, which he has demonstrated the ability to be. You know, Manaya has been a very good starting pitcher in fantasy baseball before, not, not even that long ago, going back to 2021. He was way worse last season, you know, five ERA over 150 innings. But Craig, you know, I am not leaving Alex Wood for dead in that ballpark, in that division. Now, what you said is is the most critical thing about him is that the Dodgers turned him into a five-inning pitcher where that was it. It's like third, like once it gets the third time through the order, you're done. You are, you're very unlikely to, to get to the sixth or seventh inning. You got to really be dealing to get there. But I do like Alex Wood. And I mean, we're talking about reserve round, 25th round pick. And, and again, it is also kind of helpful, I think, for, for like roster purposes, for, for strategy to know guys that you're going to know within like a month if you want to cut them. Because it's it, especially with like guys like Altuve, there are some injured guys who are worth taking in fantasy baseball right now. So it's it's helpful to have guys that you're speculating on that you can cut. And I think Wood is is definitely one of those guys. Yes, and the, and the Giants also in terms of saves, to me, have the have, have, they have the guy with the best stuff in the ninth inning, maybe in all of baseball, in Camilo Doval. They found him a couple of years ago, Davis. 
and he's when he's when he's on he's unhittable he is the he is the best closer in baseball when he is on he is perfect but he's run into some issues before you know walking guys he looked fantastic in the world baseball classic and the other thing too even with Gabe Kapler Camilo Duvall could be perfect but he still will use other which a lot of teams do he will use other players for the ninth inning I ended up taking him in my draft in the in the labor auction if they would give him every save opportunity Davis I think he would be number one at the end of the season, but the Giants are simply not going to do that. They're going to use different guys. Yeah, and I again, I mean, it just comes down to kind of how they do things. So just to give people an idea, like a really good closer, like peak Araldis Chapman, um, peak Hater, something like that, the projection you're going to be getting is going to be like 80 innings pitched, 40 to 43 saves, you know, sub three ERA, crazy strikeouts, and Duvall is totally there with the ratios. Really good whip more strikeouts than innings pitched, but because of the way the Giants do things, he's projected for 33 saves, 35 saves, kind of depending on what projection software you're using. And it's hard to say that the Giants are wrong to do it because they have a couple other guys in their bullpen who are quite good. Uh, Taylor Rogers, one of them, Jake Junis, another good, Anthony Descofani, like they have, and and that's the other thing is they have lefties who are good in that bullpen. So, but yeah, I mean, I'm totally with you. Like Duvall, I, I want, He's probably the best closer. I'm with you on that. Yeah, and then they have both Rogers brothers there, and the lefty Rogers is a guy who's gotten saves in the past. So, who knows? Maybe that's the lefty righty situation there, which would make Duvall less valuable. But he is somebody that I am in on because I think 100 strikeouts are coming. And again, you may not get that from your starting pitcher this season. So, that's our look at the San Francisco Giants. We'll have another team preview tomorrow. We'll take you right up until opening day next Thursday. We have plenty more to come, including fantasy or reality in the Sports Grid 60. So stay on the grid with us as we'll take a quick timeout and be back right after these messages. Smarter to be on Sports Grid. Davis and I are back right after this. Don't go away. SportsGrid.com. Betting insights and entertainment at your fingertips 24-7 as our team covers the most important topics in sports wagering. Real-time odds, predictive betting models, expert picks, and more. Want the edge? Then get on the grid. SportsGrid.com. Across America, BP supports more than 275,000 jobs to keep energy flowing. Jobs like building grid-scale solar energy in Ohio and... Producing gas with fewer operational emissions in Texas. It's and, not or. See what doing both means for energy nationwide at bp.com slash investing in America. Reese's peanut butter cups are the greatest, but let me play devil's advocate here. Let's see. So, no, that's a good thing. Uh, (laughs) That's definitely not a problem. Reese's, you did it. You stumped this charming devil. Everybody in your crew identifies as either Big Mac Burger, McNuggets, or McCrispy Sandwich. But you're the filet fish Sandwich all day. That crispy fish, that savory tartar sauce, that melty cheese, that pillowy bun. Yeah, you get it. Every time. And if you love the filet of fish right now you can catch two of the classics you love for just $6. Limited time only. Price and participation may vary. Cannot be combined with any other offer. Single item at regular price. Ba-da-ba-ba-ba. Welcome back to Fantasy Sports Today. Naturally, we've been pivoting away a little from the National Basketball Association. We're really at the point of the NBA season where we're just waiting for the playoffs. Let's be honest. It's uh, it's coming up quick here, David. But uh, Owen, did I see this? Owen 11 against the spread in their last 11 road games. O and 11 are the Golden State Warriors. They're at Houston tonight. What is going on with the Warriors this season? At home, they look like an NBA champ. On the road, they cannot win. I mean, Craig, they have seven road wins for the entirety of the season. Seven. They are they are the Washington Generals on the road. They are, it, it, which like makes no sense. I mean, obviously, we know there's like a little bit of impact when teams travel on the road. That's why it you know you get you get a couple points home or road. But it it almost I mean it does it defies explanation because like you watch them and it's not like 
oh, they look horrible. It's, you know, just maybe it is just an all-time run of bad luck. Now, Andrew Wiggins has been away from the team for, like, I think over six weeks now. There's some sort of personal matter going on with him and his family. There's been no reporting on what it is. But Curry's back. Clay's back. Draymond is playing better. Kaminga's playing pretty good. Like, they're getting Dante DiVincenzo. Their big free agency acquisition has been great. Um, you know, they're waiting for Gary Payton, the second to get healthy and, and rejoin the rotation, but it's really bizarre. And, and, um, Zach, Zach Lowe made this point this last week that I thought was really interesting, but there's been this thought all year long that the Clippers, the Warriors, the Timberwolves, the, uh, the Lakers, you know, these teams that have been sitting there in between fourth and 10th in the Western conference, but have all these great players. Everyone's been like, Oh, well, they'll go on a run. You know, they'll go on a run. The Clippers will win eight out of 10. The Warriors will win seven out of 10. The Lakers will win six in a row. You know, something good will happen. Hasn't happened. And we're running out of season. I mean, there's like, there, there's like 12, 13 games left for most of these teams. The time to make a run is there. There is no run. It's not coming. These, one of these teams is not going to win 10 games the rest of the year. And honestly, they are all very lucky. All these teams with these big expensive rosters, they should be looking at the Memphis Grizzlies and saying, thank God, thank God the Memphis Grizzlies stink now because they are basically just bailing us out. You know, whatever matchup the the winner, the play in gets is going to end up being so much easier because the Grizzlies and the like, no one's scared of the Grizzlies anymore. Is John Moran out for the playoffs too? Has that been determined? No, so John Morant is coming back. He is eligible to come back today. We'll see if he is because he hadn't been working out at all while he was away from the team. But uh, they're behind the Kings in the standings now, and the Kings are uh, best offense in the NBA or second best offense in the NBA, but like the fifth worst defense. So there's no dominant team in the Western Conference for the first time, um, basically my adult life, really. Interesting. All right, let's kick it. Time for some fantasy or reality. really fascinating that we're running out of these legendary coaches in college basketball coach uh, Mike Krzyzewski of course retired Roy Williams no longer there um you know it, uh, uh, Jim Beheim decided to retire I guess Rick Pitino's back again but it's like in general a lot of the the coaches that I grew up watching 20 30 years ago are you know all sort of stepping down now John Calipari obviously has had his fair share of different stops, which also included Davis. Uh, you know, once upon a time, he was the head coach of the New Jersey Nets, was John Calipari too. But Kentucky had a really tough beginning of the season, rallied late to get into the NCAA tournament. They did win a game in the NCAA tournament, and then they fell flat against Kansas State, who, by the way, looks really good. I, I could see Kansas State winning again next round too. Fantasy or reality? Coach Cal, John Calipari will be back in Lexington coaching the Wildcats next season. If you asked this question two months ago, we may have both said fantasy very easily, but now it's at least debatable. Um, I mean, he is going to be back probably, I would I would imagine, like for as long as he wants to. It's It sort of feels like one of those things. And I don't know if um, it's, a, it's a brand new world for John Calipari and for coaches of his ilk, because what was Calipari's big deal for a long time. He was the best recruiter. I don't think any at any time in his career in either the NBA or college basketball, I don't think anyone would have said, this guy's the best coach. This guy diagrams the best offense. This guy is the best out of timeout plays. You know, that that was never really his deal. Well, guess what? Recruiting is a whole different beast now. It's not about, it's not about, oh, if you come to Kentucky, I'm gonna make you a star you're going to be the number one overall pick in the NBA. Well, I mean, one, the number one overall picks in the NBA uh, can just go to the G League now, or they can play overseas. Like, the, in fact, the number one and number two picks in the NBA, neither one of them are playing in the tournament this year, which, uh, you know, I mean, seems not great for that product. So the the big skill set that Calipari has brought, recruiting, I don't think it's that valuable anymore because it's more about money, and every school has money. You know, Kentucky probably doesn't even have so much money as let's say their SEC basketball rivals, Alabama, for example, Alabama could get more money, more, more, uh, more NIL stuff for their players and their offense stinks. Yeah. That their, their shot maps and stuff like they just take a bunch of long twos. The 17 foot jump shot is, is the Calipari 
offense, which doesn't work anymore. All that being said, he's just going to stay. You know, it just the, the uh, inertia is very powerful in these situations. And I, I think he probably stays until Kentucky just really flames out, like misses the tournament level flame out. Yeah, it almost happened this year. I mean, there was possible. Yeah. It was possible that Kentucky was not going to make the tournament, and then they had that great run. Uh, you know, it's it's so interesting how some of these coaches get judged by the tournament. And like for an example, another legendary coach who didn't have a great year, but all of a sudden Davis is in the Sweet Sixteen. Is Tom Izzo? Isn't that incredible? At Michigan State, it's like every year, no matter what happens, they always have a good run, which is why he's one of the best to ever do it at Michigan State too, with all the competition that he has in the Big Ten, no doubt. So Coach Cal has got nowhere to go. He's got nowhere to go. It's not like you can point to me and say, hey, like, there's some opening better than his at the moment. The NIL point that you make is also very valid. It's just going to be a lot harder to compete now that you have to pay for these kids. But I think that late rally in the season is enough to keep him going. And I don't see an opening right now that he could go to that immediately makes the team better than the University of Kentucky. So I am going to say – reality he's back at kentucky next season i could see i could see next year being his last year i could see next year no matter what just being the end and then maybe some tv time and then you know back you know coaching somewhere in the future but one more year for coach cal for me uh okay so one of the fun parts about the world baseball classic is the emotion it's seeing team usa and trey turner who's emotionless usually going crazy and mike trout you know going on the field and all the teams venezuela dominican republic puerto rico all these teams so exciting and, and and Japan has had a really good run in this World Baseball Classic. Believe it or not, Davis, they think that their pitcher that they're starting tonight is better than Otani. The guy that they're starting tonight is better than Otani. And one of the things that has really made Team Japan go has been the addition of Lars Nupar from the St. Louis Cardinals. Nupar is playing for Team Japan, and he started this pepper grinder thing that has kind of caught on, and they're all doing it. And if Japan wins tonight, you're going to see it. And then they're going to advance and play probably, oh, uh, Team USA uh, Tuesday night. But I guess this is not welcome in Japan. And they don't want to see this in some of uh, the schools, I guess, too. Fantasy or reality, one of these unwritten rules, another one of these in baseball, is hurting the game. Fantasy or reality. Nupar has been supremely popular, by the way, amongst all the Japanese baseball fans. Uh, I mean, Craig, you already, you could, you could just give this whole spiel for me. I think this is absolutely true. Um, I mean, one of the things that is so annoying about baseball is their, you know, absolute, um, resistance to change resistance to doing things in a new way. I mean, we've, we've gone through this from, you know, everything from, from, uh, Joe, uh, Joe, uh, Jose Batista's bat flipping, right. Remember that whole being a big deal and, We've had, you know, oh, you, you, if you, you can't walk across the mound when you're walking back from third base to your dugout, and you got to throw at this guy's head because he did. I, these are the worst things about baseball. I, I actually, um, I just, I feel, I, because I do love baseball. I, I have a lot of great memories watching the Kansas City Royals when they were good. Like I've watched a lot of baseball in my life, but it does feel that in general, the way baseball is marketed and the way baseball is run is to not appeal to young people, which is, uh, I mean, it's a huge problem for all sports. You know, Gen Z kids watch the least amount of sports of any generation ever, and uh, the leagues are eventually going to have to reckon with that and figure that out. But I, I think there's no question the suppression of fun is a huge problem for baseball as a whole. So I got I got reality, Craig. Yeah, I mean, I think it's an easy reality, but I, I would like to add that at least I feel this way, Davis, is I feel like there's been a shift. I do feel like there's been a shift. The rule changes of the pitch clock, what we've seen in the World Baseball Classic, I think this has been a wonderful month or two months for Major League Baseball with everything that is happening. And maybe the World Baseball Classic is going to spark some of this. And maybe some of the rule change. I mean, I, I feel like for the first time, let me let me just say it like this. I feel like they're trying. I feel like a genuine effort is being made to market these players more, to get I, more I emotion agree. out of it. I agree. And I, I don't know if it's going to be successful. I can't say that it will. We may just have a dull baseball season this year. I, I have no clue. It's still long. It's still 162 games. But there's no question to me, and I've said this before on social media, there's no doubt in my mind, it may not get more people watching and streaming, but at least tackle going to the games. At least tackle the attendance. And I think they've done that. I think the in-game experience 
from what I've seen in spring training and from watching the World Baseball Classic, I think the attempt has been there and it, and it is there for the first time in a long time. So yes, some of this unwritten stuff is difficult, but in the end, I feel like they're trying and, and, and that's the most that they can do. They're just not ignoring the situation like they have for so long. So I will say yes, but also att- the attempt is there. Finally, we have season two coming out, Davis, of Yellow Jackets. Now, I'm hoping for you here on this one. Fantasy or reality, <laughs> you are excited for season two of Yellow Jackets, which on Rotten Tomatoes has as high a rating as you can possibly get in terms of people enjoying this show. Fantasy or reality? Yeah, Craig, I I am going to come to the rescue for you here. Now, I have not watched this show yet. This is one of those shows where you you add it to the list and you're like, okay, I'm going to watch it. Because one, I think this is one that I can get my wife to watch, right? Which Which is pretty big. We just got done watching the last of us and i'm watching my nerdy crap on my own you know mandalorian bad batch the animated star wars show uh i i yeah so i i got that stuff going on and we saw we were watching something else actually she was watching a crappy reality tv show this weekend and i was just kind of hanging out on the couch with her and the trailer for the second season of this show played is you know sort of the interstitial advertisement and i was like that looks really good. I'm in. I'm in on that. So I actually, out of left field, I'm going to say reality. I wow. am excited for this. I was I was hoping we would have done Ted Lasso here, man. Like, yeah, this is fantasy. To be honest, I'm not familiar at all with with the show. But anything, again, I'm, I'm one of those, you got to tell me the show is good before I usually check it out. Unless like, I'm down with COVID for a week, which I was just clicking on. Yes, yes, yes. Watch everything. Generally speaking, probably not. Not excited. But... If Davis is in on it, I'll I'll go off the recommendation if the show ends up being something to watch. All right. Speaking of watching, we've got the early line coming up here in less than 10 minutes. I'll be back with you for Newswire, of course, 2 o'clock Eastern, latest on the NCAA tournament, some coaching news as well, and college hoops. But let's take one final time out here on the show. Coming up next is the Sports Grid at 60. So stay on the grid. Smarter than on Sports Grid. We've got plenty more coming up. Don't go away. SportsGrid.com. Betting insights and entertainment at your fingertips 24-7 as our team covers the most important topics in sports wagering. Real-time odds, predictive betting models, expert picks, and more. Want the edge? Then get on the grid. SportsGrid.com. Across America, BP supports more than 275,000 jobs to keep energy flowing. Jobs like building grid-scale solar energy in Ohio and... Producing gas with fewer operational emissions in Texas. It's and, not or. See what doing both means for energy nationwide at bp.com slash investing in America. Reese's peanut butter cups are the greatest, but let me play devil's advocate here. Let's see. So, no, that's a good thing. Uh, (laughs) That's definitely not a problem. Uh, Reese's, you did it. You stumped this charming devil. Everybody in your crew identifies as either Big Mac Burger, McNuggets, or McCrispy Sandwich. But you're the filet fish Sandwich all day. That crispy fish, that savory tartar sauce, that melty cheese, that pillowy bun. Yeah, you get it. Every time. And if you love the filet of fish right now you can catch two of the classics you love for just $6. Limited time only. Price and participation may vary. Cannot be combined with any other offer. Single item at regular price. Ba-da-ba-ba-ba. Welcome back to Fantasy Sports Today here on Sports Grid. Before we leave you here on this Monday, let's turn it over to Davis Maddock. He's got 60 seconds of something riveting for you. I don't even know what it is. Here is the Sports Grid 60. Well, Craig, you know that golf is one of my big passions, professional golf. And we are right now staring down the barrel of of one of the things I fear, which is that Live Golf is not working. No one watches it. No one cares. The the ratings from the last weekend on the CW came out and like more people are watching infomercials at three o'clock in the morning than are watch, you know, the QVC channel than are watching Live Golf. But 
you know, regular golf is definitely taking, you know, the PGA Tour is taking it too. Look at the match play field this week. Uh, it's it's way worse. A lot of guys are taking off. Obviously, some of the best players in the world are, are not there. I just, uh, enough. Enough of the Live Tour. The Live guys don't even want to be there. There was an article that came out this morning about how investors in the Live Tour are, are basically, they just think it's pathetic. What has happened so far? They hate the product. Like, no one's happy about this. The guys on the Live don't like it. The Saudis don't care. It's just, it's really terrible. And I, I hope we are quickly coming to the end of Live Golf. Yeah, I would agree. And uh, who would have thought that a year ago? It looked like Live Golf was going to be better than PGA Tour. So, so much for that. All right. So it, it feels like there's just a couple of people out there that are really not interested in, in the World Baseball Classic or just like have this discourse against it. Uh, I, w- I would tell you that there is no possible way that anyone who has not gone to one of these events, watched the games in person, and has felt that atmosphere, that you could tell me that this has not been a great event. It's going to raise a ton of money uh, for the World Baseball Classic and for Major League Baseball. The ratings have been outrageous in some of these quarterfinal games as well. And I think it is here to stay. Now, obviously, it hurts to have a couple of injuries in the game. There's no question about that. But that happens in spring training as well. So... Uh, enough about it. I'm on to it. Can't wait for that championship. I'll be there tomorrow night. That'll do it for the show. Thanks again, everybody watching and listening on Sports Grid Radio for our great producers and, of course, all of our technical team. For Davis, I'm Craig. I'll see you back at 2 o'clock Eastern. BP added more than $70 billion to the U.S. economy in 2022 by making investments from coast to coast. Investments like building charging hubs for fleets of electric buses in California and starting up new infrastructure in the Gulf of Mexico. It's and, not or. See what doing both means for energy nationwide at bp.com slash investing in America. Pulling up to Mickey D's just for drinks? Oh yeah, that's me. Nothing extra, just perfection and a straw. Coming in hot for the coldest cups on the block. Because there are drinks. Then there are drinks from McDonald's. Mix things up with any size lemonade or sweet tea for $1.49. Perfect with our classic fries. Price and participation may vary. Cannot be combined with any other offer. Ba-da-ba-ba-ba.